Thanks for tuning in to the Awakened to Love podcast. My name is Elizabeth, and this is my story, my journey deeper into love. I'm honored to have you along for the ride, and I pray that you would also be Awakened to Love as you join me on this adventure. As I am continuing to share my story in a more organized or official or recordable format, it's been amazing to me to see how much of what the Lord has brought me through and taught me overlaps and how growth and breakthrough in one area that feels really specific and streamlined at the time begins to bleed over and affect and impact other areas that are oftentimes seemingly unrelated and how much impact all of these things have been, which makes sense because I like to compartmentalize things, but he, the Lord definitely works in miraculous ways and outside of time and space and outside of my (laughs) way of doing things. But one of these areas that clearly affects many areas is belief belief affects every area of our life. But today I want to share about the journey that I've been on towards my belief in the Father heart of God and His promises in regards to provision, His desire for relationship with me and what I was created for in relationship with him as as my dad, as my father, in a personal, intimate, I see you, I see into you, I see all of you kind of way. And this journey towards coming to understand his heart for providing for me as his favored daughter and the delight of his heart. I I grew up in a middle class family. We at times struggled to make ends meet. At times had excess. But through it all, I I don't remember ever feeling not taken care of, at least not in an obvious way or something that stood out to me. There were probably underlying beliefs that Well, not probably. I know that there were underlying beliefs that began to develop about not having enough or wondering if I would have enough. But but it was very apparent to me that my dad took great care in providing for us, that his desire was to provide for us. He worked hard. But he also was very present with me and my three siblings. 
whatever whatever was at any point lacking or felt less than enough in in finances or provision was more than made up for in time it was very it was always very apparent to me that that my dad carried a great sense of responsibility for his family that he cared deeply about providing for us not just financially but also relationally and in in his journey in my parents journey as i grew up as is with all of us we learn by example and what we see whether it's intentional or even um not even necessarily interpreted correctly we we see things and we we gain beliefs and habits and ideas about things and one of the things that i um that i saw represented or how i how i in- interpreted it was a great series of cause and effect and i therefore grew up with a belief that if i if i'm a good steward if i'm faithful if I work hard, if I do my best, and if I do absolutely everything in my power to provide for myself or and or at some point for those that I love or am responsible for, then the Lord will be faithful to provide what is needed. And this belief developed into my carrying or rather trying to carry the full weight of responsibility for my own provision. I believed that this was good stewardship and that this was what being responsible looked like. But this left no room for grace, no space or opportunity for God to provide for me how he desired to. I learned to always have a plan and then to have a backup plan in case the first one failed or fell through. And it didn't even mean that I knew how to handle my finances. I had no clue how to steward what I had. I lived with what I now know is a poverty mindset, always worried that I would not have enough, worried about how I would make ends meet, wondering where it would come from how I would, what I would need to do. I, I carried the full weight. Everything was in my strength. It was according to my understanding and it was in my control or so I liked to believe. And I was often stressed and fearful and filled with shame because it always, there was always this underlying feeling that I wasn't getting it right, that I was missing the point. It was all works and failure, not enough. There was no grace, no mercy, and honestly, no covering. But through it all, I I can look back over my 
you know, getting my first job, beginning to pay for things myself and, and moving into adulthood as I took on more financial responsibility for myself. I, even in the struggle and the angst and the immense weight of, of, um, responsibility and worry, I, I can see how he was speaking to me and patiently leading my heart towards a point of reconciliation. I, I can see as I look back the areas where he was patiently whispering to my heart this promise that there's a better way, that there's more, more for me to access, more for me to experience, and more for me to live from. And then one day he called me into a new environment and I found myself walking with people who lived in freedom and in abundance in ways that I couldn't even grasp at first. It it looked, I knew it to be true. I knew that it was kingdom. I knew that it was what I'd heard about. But I had no way of no way of knowing how to implement it or or access it or walk it out myself. And I began to hear the term royalty used in reference to me to to us as as God's kids. And of course, I've heard that in the Bible, but it was it was spoken in a relatable way. And and this was the beginning of the turning point for me. There was a a shift that took place in really the Lord inviting me into that choice to believe. That if I would choose to believe, he would then be able to do the work. And I remember one day I was on a walk with my sister and began to share how the passage in Matthew, where Jesus talks about worrying and God's provision, his promise to provide, took on new life for me. And it was like something clicked and I was beginning to understand what it actually means. And so I actually want to read it. It's Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34. So then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things your bodies require? So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. This passage took on, it was like life was breathed into it. And, and, and the Lord actually walked me through, what does this, what does this actually mean for me? This isn't just a concept or a nice idea, but this is actually like, if he's, 
If he's instructing me to live this way, it means it's possible for me to live this way. And, and it was, it was as if belief suddenly locked into place in my heart and took root. And it, I realized it was possible. I think for, for so much of my life, it seemed impossible or, or like it was too good to be true, or I just didn't know how to do it. But the grace was there. And so if he says, this is what unbelievers chase after, the constant worrying about what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to wear, am I going to have enough? Am I going to have what I need? God knows what I need and he is mindful of it and he will, he will take care of it. And, and so there was just, there was a shift and it, and it wasn't, it wasn't massive revelation, but it was everything. It was, it was at the same time because it changed my life. It changed the way that I thought, the way that I processed, the way that I chose to see my circumstances. And he began to speak to me about, you know, this belief that I'd always had that responsibility or stewardship meant that I provide for myself. But what I realized responsibility and stewardship is, is allowing the Lord to provide for me and just being faithful with what's in front of me. And the opportunity to be generous that that has opened up because I'm no longer looking at what I have and figuring out how to make it all last. I'm looking at what I have and asking the Lord what he wants me to do with it. And there's so much more freedom and so much more grace because he's begun to teach me that he's going to take care of me no matter what. And I think there's more that I want to share on this, but where I feel I'm heading is actually to share a testimony of his provision that happened uh, last year. Um, but in this, in this process of being in this new environment and being around these people who spoke differently and lived differently, I should say speak differently and live differently, it began to rub off on me. I also chose to let it rub off on me. I wanted it to rub off on me. But the Lord began to deal with the beliefs in my heart about myself and showing me that I was simply looking for him to provide for my needs, but that he was wanting to provide abundantly. There's another verse in one of Paul's letters to, I think it's maybe Corinthians, I'm not sure, but he talks about, um, he says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And that was another one that massive revelation came where it doesn't say that God will supply my needs according to my needs. It says that he will supply my needs according to his riches and glory. That is like massive abundance, extravagance, 
Like there is no limit to his riches. There is no limit to his glory. And that's how he wants to supply my needs. So this is the journey that I'm on. I haven't realized it. I haven't reached it. I'm still figuring it out. But but this is what he began to speak to me about. He began to ask me about what um what I've believed for, what I've what I've believed I can access, what I've believed I can have. One of the big areas for me, probably the the biggest area where I have well, what this testimony has to do with is um regarding um my car. The first two cars that I ever had were well, first off, they were Volvos. I love Volvos. I had um both both of them were old however and not necessarily bad but the reason why I went with an old car was because though I didn't realize it or recognize it at the time I had this belief that I could not have new things I could not have nice things because my belief in the realm of um, just the realm that I lived in was uh, secondhand, was other people's um, cast-offs or, you know, other people get nice things and then I'll take their leftovers was kind of this belief that I had. But the Lord began to talk to me about my dream car and it was all in this context of of royalty and you know what what do I think of when I think of royalty I think of quality I think of no worries about provision that this realm that I have always lived in of constantly trying to figure out how to make ends meet is so not even probably not even a thought in the mind of royalty that that's not even something that they have to consider it's a given they will have what they need they have access to pretty much anything and not in a materialistic way was the Lord talking to me about this? I'm not talking about prosperity gospel. I am not talking about acquiring things to have nice things to have a comfortable life. That's not at all what I'm saying. But what the Lord was dealing with in my heart was this belief, this lack of belief that he wants to bless me, that he wants to provide for me. And so this um this journey that began in dreaming about i knew i needed a new car i knew that the last car i had gotten was something that i had acquired because 
again, I felt like I couldn't have anything better. I couldn't have anything nicer. And he actually very clearly told me that this was not the car that he had had in mind for me. And so I began a journey of dreaming about what I wanted. And now my dream car is like, well, I have a few dream cars, but the the first one that came to mind was um, I've always wanted a BMW 5 Series. Um, but talk, talking with him through that, dreaming with him about it, and coming to even just this space of, 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 of thinking about having a car like that began to open up my heart in beginning to actually believe that I could, that, that, that this could be something that he has for me. But he also, um, through this, through this whole thing, he was showing me too, that I, he wanted to deal with a belief in my heart that I was not worth nice things. I was not worthy of nice things. And that's what he was exposing in all of this. And so I began to embark on this journey with him in wanting to access the fullness of breakthrough and to see myself as he sees me, to believe what he says about me. Um, And he began to talk to me about a car, about a new car. And he actually told me that he had something for me, but that he wanted to give it to me and that it wasn't going to be something that I was going to be able to get myself, (laughs) Um, that this wasn't going to be connected to my efforts, which honestly was very difficult for me to accept because everything in me was like, that's not responsibility. That's not stewardship. If I need something, I have to get it. I have to save up for it. I have to do these things. And, and, and yes, there is an element of that is good stewardship, but, but what I see now, he was trying to fully and completely break off this, this lie that I had believed that it's dependent on what I do. And again, it's still not fully clear to me. I'm still on, on this journey and in this process, but I recognize that um, that was what he was wanting to deal with. But I really wrestled, really wrestled with him in partly out of concern, honestly, about what other people would think in knowing that I need a car, but seeing that I'm not trying to get one. <laughs> um, I, I asked him for something to focus on, for something to go after, for something to steward for something to, to invest in and work towards and, and, and what I could be doing in the meantime, in the waiting, if he really did want me to wait on him and let him do it. And he began to speak to me about my teeth. And this is a whole nother story that I will not get into, but there is great history in my life in, in shame and, um, low self-esteem 
in regards to my teeth. And this was something that I never talked to anyone about because I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to acknowledge it. It was very obvious and apparent to me, and I assumed that it was very obvious and apparent to everyone else. And I was just like, I would just rather pretend like this is not a thing. Kind of like not talking about the elephant in the room, according to my room. There was an elephant in my room. And I had had some traumatic experiences. I had some unfortunate uh, dentist experiences. Um... My teeth are very crooked, and I had been told by a dentist that I would never be able to get braces because my teeth were just not strong enough, and I would just have to live with my mouth the way it was. And again, a whole bunch of beliefs that I had that were wrong. And so his response to my question about what to go after, what to steward, what to um, work towards or or, um, invest in, he said that he wanted me to start working on my teeth. And again, I won't go into massive detail, but this was, this was so huge for me. Like this was massive. It, it has been all of my adolescent and adult life, the biggest burden, weight, concern, issue block (laughs) in the dreams in my heart, what I want to go after, the things I'm believing for, my teeth have been massively um, problematic for me. Uh, So I began to dive in and um, there was just favor and breakthrough and an expediting of the process, the things that I needed to get done that were so expensive and so, again, according to my old way of thinking about provision was like, this is never going to be possible. Like, how could I ever afford any of this? And yet because of what he was teaching me and walking me through, I was able to walk into it with this knowing, okay, God, if you're telling me to do this, you're going to provide what I need to do it. And so I scheduled an appointment and got a consultation and figured out a plan of action. And then I just began to go for it. And I had insurance and I began to experience the miraculous every time I would go to an appointment. They would give me a estimate for how much the next visit and that procedure was going to cost, and it was a lot of money every time. But I was like, okay, God, you're going to provide. You're going to provide. I don't know how you're going to provide, but you're going to provide. Please provide. (laughs) And then I would go to the appointment, and then when it came time to pay, it ended up being, every single time, it ended up being, about a quarter of the cost that they had estimated. I always had what I needed. I always had enough to to pay for the procedures. And even even the details of the dentist the Lord provided for me, the favor, the grace, the relationship, the covering, 
the the feeling taken care of, feeling seen, feeling heard, and also her desire to expedite the process. It was just favor and grace and breakthrough, massive breakthrough. To the point where I am now in the middle of um, the process of uh, Invisalign and something that I had believed was going to be impossible, that would never be able to happen. And yet I'm now walking out the fruit of what he asked me to start moving towards. Well, in the midst of this process, I was still waiting for a car. And at this point, I I actually did not have a car. I had, um, my car had, the repairs were becoming too expensive and it was going to be more than my car was actually worth. And so I actually got rid of my car. Not only did I get rid of my car, but then my dad was allowing me to borrow his car. And again, the Lord is dealing with me in this whole thing of, you know, it depends on my stewardship. It depends on how well I do. It depends on me. That will determine how much he provides or how he provides or when he provides and all this, which I know now is a lie. But I was working my way through that and, and, and growing out of that and learning to um, break off my agreement with those beliefs and actually replace it with um, grace with, with his, his heart and his, um, the truth of, of actually being his daughter. Um, I ended up ruining my dad's car. Um, I was headed up on a trip and did everything that I could check tires, checked the oil, checked the water for the coolant, like checked everything that I could making sure because I wanted to be a good steward and take good care of my dad's car. And I unfortunately forgot to put the cap back on the coolant and the car overheated, the engine overheated and I ruined the engine. And so in the midst of the freedom and the breakthrough and the things that God was doing in my heart, I am then faced with this massive, overwhelming, like, I totally just have done the opposite of good stewardship. I, and and not even with my own stuff, but with my dad's car. And yet, once again, the Lord used my dad to display the gracious, loving heart of a father. And my dad's response was, yeah, he was disappointed, but not in me. He came and met me, and uh, not only did he hug me the first thing, But then he told me to move my stuff from his car into the car that he had brought and told me to go and continue my trip. And he would take care of the car that I had just, 
at this point we didn't know for sure it was ruined, but I had a feeling it might be. And it was so apparent to me the amount of growth that God had already done in my heart up to that point by the fact that I was able to receive that and that I was able to listen for what the Lord was saying. And especially now, it is so apparent to me that that was such a key experience to go through in the midst of this because through it, I learned in a very humbling way, in a very real way, that his faithfulness, God's faithfulness and God's provision for me is in no way dependent on my performance. That yes, he cares about my heart for stewardship, but he doesn't punish, he doesn't withhold his provision because I get something wrong or I slip up. It's like salvation. (laughs) I am saved. I still fall short. I still choose things over him. But he doesn't take away salvation. So why would he do anything else in any other area? And this is what he's been teaching me. So that happened. And I then literally found myself without a car, without a vehicle of any form. But I was still determined to wait. Okay, Lord, you said you're going to provide. You're going to provide. I trust you. And I'm going to make the most of my season. And so I walked everywhere. I got rides. I Ubered. I borrowed my friend's bike and rode a bike around town. Um, I, I was determined to make the most of it. And then I, um, through some circumstances in my living situation and, and friends and, and all of this, I, um, I ended up just asking the Lord to provide my car by a certain, um, some things were changing and the month of October last year, I, um, I was just like, Lord, I, um, I'm asking for my car by the end of October to, to be able to drive myself around to, um, to not be a homebody. Um, of course this was still during COVID. And so, you know, I couldn't just walk to a coffee shop and hang out at a coffee shop. I, I didn't have places to go and, Um, and so I just asked him, it's like, Lord, would you give me a car by the end of October? And, um, October 31st, I was given a car and it is a beautiful car, (laughs) nicer than I ever would have imagined or dreamed of before this season of him teaching me to believe for the goodness that is in his heart. And so not only has he, 
used this whole season to heal my heart, to grow my faith, to challenge my belief, but has also responded, has also shown up, has also given me not only a car, but in the process, dealing with my belief, dealing with where my heart was at, dealing with how I saw myself, how I viewed myself, my sense of worth, my sense of even my identity that was tied up in what I believed I was worthy of, but also using this season to deal with my teeth, to get them fixed to do all of this, but also abundantly provide for something that was so deep in my heart and hidden within me and has brought forth so much confidence, not because of my teeth being fixed, but because of how he's teaching me to believe, what he's teaching me to believe, what he's leading me into Believing what he says about me. Taking him at his word. And now getting to walk in the fullness of the, the, the outcome, the provision, the promise that's been fulfilled in this season. And again, this is, all, this is still in process. This is still, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I still get it wrong I still mess up I still forget and yet I can look back and see every step of the way how he has provided how he has proven himself not that he has needed to prove himself but that how he has chosen nevertheless to prove himself faithful to me how I am learning to ask him first what I'm to do when I face a situation instead of automatically kicking into I have to make this work somehow, but actually giving him the space to provide in miraculous ways, in ways that don't make sense, in ways that actually defy what I've believed all my life. And this is the process that I'm in. And so that's what I wanted to share today. And I pray that it encourages you. I I pray that it blesses you. I pray that this would even be a um, that there would be overflow in your life from this that you would receive this story and this testimony and um, that it would bear fruit in your life in any area where there is a lack of belief or where he would want to show you that you're believing a lie about yourself about his heart for you He is good, he is faithful, he is always faithful, and he always provides, even when it doesn't look the way we think, even when it doesn't show up in our timeline or or how we think it should, he is always faithful. I have so much more to share about this, but I think that is all for today. Thanks for spending some time with me. This is Elizabeth, and I am signing off. I pray that you be blessed and that you keep saying yes to love and I will see you next time.